Hi, this is Natalie Lander, voice of Kinsey, Tara Branford, Stargirl, and many others. You are listening to a W2Mnet podcast. You can visit w2mnet.com for other podcasts about entertainment, video games, sports, and wrestling. The Price is Right, a deep dive, will not be seen tonight. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hang on a minute. Um, I'm sorry. Harry Look, I'm, isn't... I'm just reading what's on the script, man. No, 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 no. Harry isn't here. He's got stuff going on. He's not feeling 100%. You get well soon. We're not going through this again. We're not. All right, but, but, News, everyone, yes, indeed, there is, we've got a little bit of a lilac style news desk to sort out. Eric, I think you were the one that spotted it first, so go ahead, you take the news desk this time. Well, let me just say this. I'm going to go ahead and hum a few bars and see if this rings a bell to anybody. I know where you went with that. Ah, ah, you saw what I did there. I heard what you did there. And did you hear also that the same kind of people that are involved in the last reboot are involved in this reboot. Now, now, hold on. Before you break out the Mortons, because it's been a while since any of us have had to, and I have a feeling I'm going to do so again here in a matter of a few days. I actually don't have the salt container with me for once. Well, thankfully, I don't either. But again, saving that for next week. For those of you who haven't heard, yes, American Gladiators is coming back again. And also, the bird is the word if you haven't heard that either. <laughs> I got I got one thing for that. You mentioned gladiators. I you need I, other use, sir. <laughs> Like, so, yes, for those who know and love the original with a man who is also dear to my heart, Larry Zonka, or for those who are not as familiar or who don't want to be with the Hulk Hogan reboot, yes, I know Judge John is already giving that the X, but Gladiators is coming back. Me personally, yes, I am highly curious. Seems sus to me, but I won't judge until I see what comes out of the pilot room. Brian, you're more of a fan of the later side of Gladiators. What would you say to hearing about this coming reboot? 
Uh, I'm excited as I forget, your mute button. forget the mute button because the video is playing. Yeah. So um, with, with that, that out of the way, way take two. <laughs> so now, <clears throat> yeah. now I do believe that we can get something going proper. The following is a special presentation. A a a oh, now you want it. Now you want to get your ducks in a row there, buddy. I <laughs> technical stuff. <laughs> the following is a special presentation of the W2M Network. You are listening to The Price is Right, a deep dive on Life is Like a Game Show. Listening and watching hey i gotta i gotta i gotta be considerate for those who only listen well i mean of course considering as how it's not like we're live on the w2m net facebook page or at squid sports head on twitter or at w2m live lags on twitter or w2m network on twitter at all no we'll be considerate to those who are audio only but yes be it Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spreaker, CastBox, Overcast, pretty much whatever podcasting service you have under the sun, you will get the audio version there later on. It will be in your feed. Stay tuned. You denied me my dulcet tones. So um, with that, <clears throat> live from the U2M Network Studios here on the lovely internet, it's time for The Price is Right Deep Dive. Eric Watkins, come on down. <laughs> Harry Broadhurst is down for the count. He won't be here tonight, unfortunately. But Brian Espinosa, come on down. I'm John Lewis. I'm all right down with this. It's time for The Price is Right. Ah, you know, okay, that feels you good. know, this this three contestant thing with the price is right. I know the perfect thing for this. Oh, Hold up. wait a minute. Oh, don't wait tell me. Are you oh, going no. to oh, do what no. I think you're going to do? Oh, you're, you're probably right. Also, your mute button, sir, because I'll have no part in this. And also, <laughs> we're nowhere near this in the chronology yet. It's like, I will have no part of this. That's fine. That's perfectly fine. Here, let's open this up right, shall we? Sometimes you, you miss the, the little bits of the spotlights and stuff. Oh, these were the days. Are you like it's 94, my ass? No, you're going to do this right. If you guys start smock smack talking, David said, I'm going to come over there and give y'all some haddings. I'm not going to smack talk him whatsoever. The, on the I, mean, hand, I mean, listen however. to that theme, man. Listen to that jazzy saxophone. Come on. Hey, Brian. <laughs> About the whole listening part. You forget what's kind of going on here. <laughs> uh, all right, that's enough of that. Enough of that. 
Besides, it's not like it was the worst version of all time. The new Australian version, the less said, the better. But please, let the old man go into the history here and hear himself in his own head. Thank you. Yes, the Price is Right may very well tonight be celebrating 50 years. Not really, because the show actually began in 1956 on NBC, hosted by that man you see right there, Bill Cullen. Now, the 50s price was an interesting animal because it was on air during the dun-dun-dun quiz show scandal era. No dramatic reverb for that one because, I, it, 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 yeah, it just... This show is kind of immune to it because it had the great voice of Don Pardo to counter that. Which, sadly, they lost when they made the switch to ABC later on. Mm, more on that later. Anywho, I was distracted by the chat. So, this I show, pretty much... I can pull up that image of their whole tool. The one that really started it all, and I mean, dare yeah. we say, not just the format, but the prizes themselves. Don't wow. this image look familiar? You got four people in a bidding display in front of each one, except they're seated a big, like, wide podium thing. So here's how one bid used to go. And this is pretty much all the show was. You had a returning champ, usually seated on the far left. Yeah, returning champ and the price is right. Don't see that anymore, do you? Fancy 94, more on you later. Well, I mean, it was so, crazy to think that we also had a returning champ on Wheel of Fortune. But more about that when we get to that show's deep dive. So... You have a prize on stage, a nice big, you know, wooden cabinet, black and white television set, for example. Again, we're talking the 50s here, people. No big fancy flat screens and color. Not in this era. But you'd get an opening bid from each player down the line. And they would keep bidding higher and higher and higher for a specific mm, amount of time that was kept off stage. There would be announced when they're up to the final round of bidding. You can either freeze where you're at or go over the highest bid at the time as it's going around and around and around. Literally like an auction. And whoever was the closest without going over would win it and sometimes a bonus prize to come with it. But Eric, you were talking about some of the interesting prizes on this version of the show. Mm -hmm. If you'll put us back in a uh, comfort zone. Now, of course, you had your regular ticket items like you would see right now, your TVs, or even something like a gigantic teddy bears. But even in the era of the quiz show scandals, what do you do to counter that? You go big. I mean, 18,000 piece dining set big. 40,000-gallon jar of mayonnaise, big. 
40-day cruise, big. A fully furnished house, big for home contestants. Your own mobile laundry business, big. And if you think I'm kidding, get your hands and look at some of these old episodes. Everything I have quoted are things I have seen with my own two eyes. Let me one-up you. I mean, of course, we're going, the bids keep getting higher, right? Of course. A 1926 Rolls-Royce with chauffeur. A Ferris wheel. Shares of corporate stock. And a whole island in the St. Lawrence Seaway. A Piper Caribbean airplane. A submarine. And oh, those sweepstakes. Wasn't one of the sweepstakes prizes like an oil rig? Yeah, and some of these bonus prizes, for example, raccoon coat worth $29.95. And all of a sudden, you're also getting a sable coat worth $23,000. Yeah, they were not afraid to throw out the big stuff on this show. Unfortunately, in 1959, they had to make a move over in the quiz show scandals. Sort of tied down, eventually by 63, they were on ABC, and it would meet its end in the mid-60s. And that, as they say, is that the Price is Right was done, and we thought we would never see it again. Until 1972 came on. September 4th, 1972, to be exact. Touche. And back then, the call was not first to come on down. First, we had to stand up. Not going to do that all show, God. Yeah, I'm not doing that. You know my usual attire. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> well played. So, um, yeah, the bombastic intro that we're used to hearing, starting with the great Johnny Olson, uh, then Rod Roddy, and a whole cavalcade of who's who. Like Rich Fields, George Gray, and a couple of fill-ins. The best, Randy West being one of them. Shout-outs to Randy West. He's got a great Facebook page. Can't ignore Randy. You're our boy. You also had, at the time, the show not lasting the way it is now. It was only a 30-minute show. So how did it go back then? Very similar to how a... um, Later, nighttime syndicated version might have gone, and I see Brian flailing over there. Hold, hold on a second. You're going to talk about fill-in announcers, and you're not going to mention one of the best fill-in announcers of all time. Not even fill-in, but game show announcers of all time. And this is the hill I'm willing to die on. You are not going to mention that the great 
Gene Wood was a fill-in announcer for Price. How dare you? How dare you? No, because I was going to mention him on the 85 nighttime version, but you made me jump the gun. And I'm surprised Eric didn't pull the um, equal representation card by mentioning a Burton Richardson. No, I Look. should be the one mentioning Burton Richardson because 94 nighttime price is my thing. Yeah, like I said, I wasn't going to smack talk it, but again, it wasn't the worst version. It wasn't the best version. It was there. Can you tell Harry was supposed to be the guy with all the names and such on this episode? I this can't believe this man just voice. completely forgot about Gene Wood. This is why he's the voice of reason on the kickoff. Another show in the wonderful cavalcade of W2M Network shows. So, yeah, about that original 72, you brought three people up on stage for pricing games. Do we really need to go through exactly how the Price is Right functions? Do we really have to mention it? Unfortunately, yes. This is a, a deep, deep dive. dive. What, what do you think the words deep dive means? Well, I mean, technically, if you're going into deep dive on some world. This is not point of viewer. Another great podcast you can find here on the W2M Network. Boom, stolen gimmick. Remember, gimmick infringement. Always welcomed and tolerated, but it is a W2M Net exclusive. All right, Eric. The following, following gimmick infringement will not be seen tonight. <laughs> so oh, that we may bring you yet another gimmick. Well played, sir. Well played. So, Eric, I'll leave you, I'll leave you with this situation. You got four people standing in front of a stage dedicated to the late... Do the uh, great Bob Barker. Yes, the actual Bob Barker studio. Yes, there is a plaque. Yes, it was seen tonight on the 50th special. Take it from here. What would happen first? So, of course, hearkening back to the original prices, right? But just with a little bit of a twist. You would present the item up for bids. Most of the time, especially in the early and mid-70s, furniture. Why they had such a hard-on for furniture, no idea, but it was what it was. Now, for those who remember the original 50s and 60s prices, right, it wasn't always keep bidding for a specific amount of time. You had certain items that were one-bid items. You place one bid, and that's it. That format transferred over to the then new prices right in 72 all four contestants placed exactly one bid whoever was closest without going over won the item came up on stage to play the pricing game <clears throat> of course now see you would be having something very very interesting and poignant going on if someone would unmute their microphone you know, I thought you were on top of this, Mr. Producer, host, guy. Normally I am, but if you decide to also mute yourself, then that cancels everything out. Now, doesn't it? Oh, then I'll just not touch the button and let you do it. Now, we all heard the overbid buzzer there, so we're going to go ahead and erase all of the bids off the board here. And nobody is allowed to bid higher than $1.
Oh, no. When an, over, when an old bid occurred, you were not allowed to bid more than the lowest bid amongst the four overbids. Keep calm and bid $1. Or $2 if you're really feeling lucky. There's been some interesting bids. I mean, there was... Uh... Lest we forget Dr. Bummer. $69 bid. Or he gets up on stage. He gets up on stage and he's wearing a, a Seahawks jersey, or not a Seahawks, a Steelers jersey. And it's got the number 69 on the back of it. And he's like, this man's a gynecologist. Drew Carey's like, this man's a gynecologist. If you're not laughing right now, there's something seriously wrong with you. Or lest we forget the contestant in the Parker era whose bids always ended in 420. You, sir, still a legend. Um, Speaking of other famous contestants, how about we get serious for a moment? 1980? 1980 was just that, that weird year for those coming on shows. Christy Alley on Password Plus. Vanna White on Prices Right. Something yeah. about that year, I still don't understand it to today. Yeah, that Vanna White, exactly. So oh, you mean you mean the same one that actually modeled a prize on the Price is Right 50th anniversary tonight? Yes. What? Yeah. He ain't lying. What? Yep. <laughs> Again, third time purposes. What? Yeah, they had they did a segment where they showed um, quote unquote famous contestants, including for those of you familiar with the prices, right? Yolanda Bowsley. Oh, Eric, you need to explain that one. That's up your alley. Uh, yeah, they 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 showed Yolanda Bowsley, and then right after Yolanda Bowsley, they showed Vanna White. Coming up to contestants row, and then they cut away to Vanna White actually modeling the next one bid item. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, if you've got it on your DVR and in CBS and CBS and Media Ventures, please allow this to be on demand. You know, you've got gold, you're sitting on it. I mean, honestly, total chef smooch for us. All right. I don't want to go too far into the deep rabbit hole of 50th anniversary. Um, I am sad that we did not get Bob Barker. That's all I'm saying on that one. Oh, so you mean that we should actually go ahead and at some point do a separate reaction video for this? No. I'm saying we can you know, talk about it at the end because it's about as modern as uh, modern's going to get. But actually, hang on a minute. Mr. Producer, can you put me on the left for a moment? We can do that gesture one more time. And yourself in the middle. I can't. That's the thing. You see? You see? This is what happens. Now, this. Hey, hey, I'm okay with being in the middle. This feels weird. Anyway, um... <laughs>
Damn it. All right, it's staying. All right, I guess we're viewed out of position here. Eric, you need to throw up the X sign now. Because Brian is the secret X. Ah, you see what I did there. Are we moving on to pricing games? Yeah, because that was what would happen after the one bid. You'd be called up on stage. You get to play one of the amazing series of pricing games. Oh, gosh, that means i got to pull up the list of pricing games because there's too yeah, damn many. Yeah, yeah they they, uh, they, they mentioned that on fiftieth tonight. You should. There you go. I was gonna say somebody should mute him. Um, I believe the number was one hundred and seventeen. Well, I mean, when you have a show that's on for so long, and now I know you remember the first ever pricing game on that debut episode. Bonus game? Nope. Right, bonus game was the second. They don't re-air that first one for uh, <clears throat> reasons. <laughs> it, it it was it did not have a name at the time, as a couple of games that were not named when they originally debuted. Another one being Golden Road with the famed ten thousand dollar Jaguar was not named. Does the name any number ring a bell? Yes, you two should be face palming. And the second and the second prize on the list was probably a V8, which I could have had right there. Yeah. No, I'm pretty sure it was something else small, but yes. Now for those who like us in our childhoods were watching, we have these things called inflation and economic policy. So, like with the dice game, which was dice game deluxe for adding the one with any number, you always grew up and say, hey, the first digit's a one. Now the first digit is a two. Back in 72, you did not need that first digit. The car was a four-digit price. As a matter of fact, the first car ever rewarded in that first game. Retail price? A mere $2,746. That's half the price of Randy West's car from, from Price Your Look. More on that in a future episode. Oh, hashtag deep tease. So, so yeah, yeah um, I got a list. It's from a non-academic credible source, if you know that reference. <clears throat> Any number. Back to 72. New one. Oh, hey, I got the full screen for this. This is that important. Okay. Got a balance game. Bargain game. Bonkers. Bonus game mentioned earlier. Bullseye. The second variety of Bullseye. Yeah, there were is, 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 are we really going to have him read out all 112 pricing games? Deep dive is deep. Card game. Hence the full screen. Check out. Cliffhangers, no, I will not yodel. The clock game, coming or going, cover up, danger price, dice game mentioned earlier. Do the math. Eric, would you like to explain do the math, fellow mathematician? Um, I've oh, already done a whole camera. bunch of math tonight. <laughs> oh, fair enough. And stay off camera then. The double cross, double prices, easy as one, two, three, five price tags. Flip flop, 
Brian likes to pull those very often. Boom, tis. We already got the monkey tonight. Freeze frame, gas money, golden road, the grand game, gridlock, grocery game, half off, high low, hole in one. If somebody will finish it. Or two. Thank you. Hot seat, it's in the bag. I like it's in the bag, by the way. Let them roll. Love that one. Line them up. Lucky seven. Don't drive the car into the display. Magic number. Make your move. Master key. A money game. More or less. Most expensive. Now or then. One away. One right price. One wrong price. Of course they do that. Pass the buck. Not the game show. The pricing game. More on that later. Pathfinder. Pay the rent. Pick a number. Pick a pair. Plinko. Plinko needs its own description. Uh, somebody will come on in here back on screen and explain that one. This one debuted in 1983, I believe. I mean, so, so, so does Plinko really need uh, an explanation? I mean, you think Price is right. What are like the three things that go with the Price is right? Come on down, Bob Barker and Plinko. Well, and I'm going to have to explain Plinko. Okay, so big giant board, big giant pegboard. Uh, contestants given one chip for free. They can win up to four more by basically playing uh, high-low with some small grocery prizes. Oh, the first digit is correct or the second digit is correct? Oh, that's, yeah, I'm thinking of something else. Look, they they if you actually go through and look at all 112 pricing games, you're gonna realize that they they copied a lot of stuff from other stuff and just kind of rearranged it a little bit and yeah. Uh so you name the uh yeah, you gotta choose first number, second number if it's right. Uh if you get it right, you get another chip, you can get up to five. Uh you yes, five, not three, five. Uh, we can't see uh, Jonathan, apparently. Maybe we can uh, get him off the screen then. Oh, well, if that's the case. <laughs> yeah, since we can't see him. Um, so, yeah, once you get uh, between one and five uh, pegboard uh, chips, you go up to the top of the pegboard, you drop them down the hole, and uh, you hope you land it in the middle, uh, which is played been played... For, I believe, standard, it's a 10,000 slot. You get up to 50K. And the, uh, the, Inflation. Oh, the, so most it's, the most it's ever been played was 200, 200 yes. in the center for a million. And I believe that was on a primetime special. Damn it right was. Was. And I know tonight they did uh, 25K. 50 for was it 50 i thought it was 25 nope 50th anniversary 50 grand. oh yeah that yeah, makes sense with, with that, that description and a fresh beverage because that is a and long by list. the way by the way john originally it was five thousand, and then it got doubled not 10 and doubled to 20 I think he got doubled a second time. 
So yes. It's Max's Max on daytime when they play it is 50k. Okay, so they only did the single doubling, not like the process between Jeopardy pilots before it finally made air. More on that on a future episode. You're going to be hearing that a lot late from here on out. I mean, Price is Right, kind of the, the new Price is Right, as we're calling it currently in this chronology. Yeah. No, 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 no. The new Price That's is right. right is the technical name for Davidson. So you can't call it the new Price is Right. Technically, we it's the technical. We haven't gotten yet. We're still yes. the new Price is Right curve. Correct. We pressed on. And you mentioned 1975. So I got more pricey games. So get on out of here, people. I got more pricey games now that I can read again. Ah, feels so good. This is so not going to last. Pocket change, punch a bunch. And the second chance is now gone on that one, unfortunately. Pushover, race game, range game, rat race. That's a good one. Safe crackers, the secret X you mentioned earlier. Shell game, shopping spree, side by side, spelling bee, squeeze, play, stack the deck, swap meet, switch. The question mark. Switcheroo, take two, temptation. Oh, I hate that one. Ten chances. That's too much. This list is too much. Three strikes. Time is money. Two the penny. Triple play. Two for the price. One. Vendo price. And there's your current ones. You used to have Adam up, balance game, the other bullseye, bump, buy or sell, clearance game, credit card, double bullseye, double digits, finish line, fortune teller, gallery game, give or keep, hit me, hurdles, it's optional, joker, make your mark, mystery price, on the nose, on the spot, penny ante, the phone home game. Poker game. They discontinued the poker game. (laughs) Professor Price. Oh, Mr. Producer. Oh, no. No. Do we really have to relive the horror that was Professor Price in that animatron? No, we don't. Get back out of here. I gotta finish. Thank you, Jeebus. Because then there's the shower game, which is actually the one I was... No, no, we're not going there either. PG show, at least for the moment. No, I mean, hey, if we're talking the shower game, that's actually a pretty fun game to play if you go ahead and you aim it right. No. (laughs) I almost lost This is not... You You two are not R. Kelly. The appropriate for this display split decision step up. Hold on, hold on. Split decision. We got a game show and a pricing game? Not that split Again. decision. Again, Super Bowl, Super Saver, telephone game, Trader Bob. Oh, I'm so glad they got rid of Super Bowl. And Walk of Fame. Phew. More on that show later. Hence the need for a refreshed beverage. So back in the pre-75 era, you'd play a pricing game, you'd win or lose, and the top two people would go on to a showcase. 
Yes, your top two earners for that episode went on to the showcase round, which, again, furniture, cars, a lower-scale version of what you would see today. Your you really clever um, gimmick thrown in because Roger Dobkowitz was like that. Exactly. Now, for those who wanted the higher amount of your two winners, you got to choose. Do you want to take the first showcase? Do you want to bid on that? Or do you want to pass it and go ahead and look and bid on the second showcase? Now, as this was pre-75 and what we know now, there is one key difference. Yes, both contestants placed their bids. Whoever got closer to their bid on the showcase won their showcase but the bonus, the double showcase bonus. Well, oh, oh, because oh, I was going to say, if you let me, because in in the early days, did not exist. No, yet. I know, I know what he's he's looking for, and you, 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 you probably shouldn't stall unless he's going to pull out the correct period accurate one, because there are different ones based on the time frame. I've got to scrub a video because the image is not readily available. In the meantime, while I do so, there was a nighttime version in 1972, also a syndicated version hosted by Dennis James. It ran the exact same format, and they gave away a lot more furs. Hmm, I wonder why. But what happened in 75 while I um, pull up this double showcase thing in the bumper? Well... 1975 was a banner year in the show's history, specifically October 20th, 1975. Why do I pick out that day in particular? Well, I'm glad you asked. The still new prices, right? Had underwent a big change. The 30 minute format was no more. For the first time that fateful fall day, the prices right became the full hour, and it has stayed there ever since. So, with that, obviously, you needed to make some tweaks about how the show went down. Of course, you still had within a half hour your three contestants playing your three pricing games. And in the second half hour, you had another three. But wait a minute. How could you possibly decide who went to the showcase showdown among those six contestants? If only there was some way that you could organize each group of three and have a particular game, some sort of object if you will that would act as sort of a game within itself but also a tiebreaker yeah hmm i i really wonder i wonder am i still wondering apparently i'm still wondering no we we just like to listen to you talk so we're letting you talk Well, what is this little contraption here? 
you youngins probably never seen this before. For those who love the big wheel that we see every single day, this was what you would call the Proto Wheel, the original showcase wheel. Oh boy, it's a shame they actually didn't bring it back for tonight's episode. I wonder if the Rainbow Wheel here still actually physically exists. Technically, if you could. If it doesn't, we can rebuild it. Someone out there is ingenuitive enough to go ahead and recreate that wheel to its exact specifications. I bet. Oh, oh, I guarantee you that somewhere in CBS's archives, if not the Goodson Todman archives, yes, I said Goodson Todman, um, that somebody has somewhere, and I wouldn't be surprised if it was Randy West. Um, knowing some of the stuff that he has. There are blueprint schematics for this wheel, but I remember hearing, seeing something in the documentary about price, <clears throat> even though there's there's been a lot of them, that this particular wheel was dismantled and no longer exists. As Harry Wood stays, he's with us in spirit. Boorns! Boorns. But notice the values are in the order you used to see them on the modern wheel. Place them the exact same except in two-dimensional form instead of the customary, what we see now, three-dimensional form. All right, now, all right. I know I'm sandwiched in between two mathematicians. You don't have to rub it in. Look. I wasn't going to mention that with the latest iteration of the wheel, in order to spin it properly and booing from the audience, you would only need approximately four newtons of force. I was not going to say that statistic whatsoever. So I don't know what you're all worked up about. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah, and like somebody didn't already do the math that he alluded to earlier this evening to figure out that magic number. Look, I want to spin I'm, the wheel backwards. Look, I'm not saying that when I was a senior in high school, we had a physics lab and our teacher used that as a particular exercise to calculate that. I wasn't going to bring that up whatsoever. Not the good times in Mr. Maintz's class. Fork equals I alpha. Just saying. No, no, Brian, I don't understand. Why, why were you so worried? I was going to keep quiet. And back in those days, you didn't get these kinds of bonuses for spinning that dollar on one or a combination of two spins. So well, how does that work? well, not that far back, but you got to remember, like Pepperidge Farm, when the wheel first became three-dimensional, there was one special little thing that Bob always had if you got that dollar. Does either of you, out of his pocket, the fresh, clean, crisp $1,000 bill? A very similar bill, like if you were an exact bidder back on the one bid that you would be receiving out of the same pocket? Of course, except 
it, that would be a hundred. And then wasn't that also up to a couple hundred dollars, like a 500? 500, yeah. <laughs> right out of his pocket and in your hand before the pricing game even started. Fun fact, fun fact on that one. That was real money. And they actually, there was a couple of times that the producers had to go chase the contestants down because they're actually not allowed to keep that money. This isn't like a OBJ LSU national championship game situation. And yes, I'm going to throw a kickoff reference for those in the know. Yeah, no, they do get the money, rest assured. The money is theirs, but uh, something that we'll, we'll, we, we will have to cover eventually. Um, how game shows in general operate. Um, it has to be declared on the game show winnings form, and then Uncle Sam takes his cut, and you can't just walk out the door with five hundred dollars in cash. Literally, you can't walk out the door. You got to pay your taxes before you leave the studio in California. Exactly, that man gets his cut. Fifty point nine percent, to be exact. And that was a brief episode of how things work with your pal, Mister Works. So, um, if you'll bring up the uh, video clip. Yep, we're going straight to the videotape for this moment. This is March 28th, 1978. It's not the one I was looking for, but it's within a dollar. You should unmute your YouTube audio first. Um, the audio is not going to come through on the podcast anyway, because that's how this works. And there you see it could test a bit of $5,001 for a showcase. No cut to commercial. We're going to go straight to the actual prices. And this person was over $2,000 off. Expensive showcase. And for the actual value of your showcase grand. is $5,006. Off by $5. Double showcase winner, as Drew would say. And this was the third closest we've ever seen. The second closest was a $4 a couple of years prior. One and of the, the original. And the one of the original, $2,404. <laughs> yep. But the closest, we got to wait a while until we get to that point in the history. Oh, I know where you're going. I know where you're going. You better not be going there. That's too far into the future, buddy. Like I well, said, we're going to be going there at some point. We're just not going to take a DeLorean to get there. So, needless to say, that first decade in the Bob Barker era, quite transformative into building the show that we see today. Indeed. So this brings us to the 80s. 1985, a version I love a lot that most of my other counterparts here on the podcast are not the biggest fans of. I still disagree with them. Hosted by the late, great Tom Kennedy. Yes, you had yet another late night syndicated primetime access. Price is right. 
this is where the perfect bit, one bid of $100 actually began. It was again increased to 500, which apparently happened in 1998. Thank you, non-academic credible source. And you had the same lovely ladies as in the daytime side. You're Janice Pennington, Riley Hallstrom, Diane Parkinson, and Johnny Olson before he was fortunately had to be replaced by Rod Roddy. Wasn't he also doing something else at that time, good old Rod? I and believe they only made 170 episodes. It was short lived. By 86, it was 86. Always 86. Always 86. Uh, wasn't Rod also doing the tail end of Price or not Price? Uh, PYL because eighty six. He, 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 he was also doing pressure luck at the time. He just got off of doing Hugh, where he got to start more on those shows another time. Rod? Again, you will be hearing that phrase a lot as we go forward. Rod, Rod was busy. But yeah, pretty much from that point onward, the show is pretty well established in its nice hour-long format. And Tom Kennedy basically ran the old half-hour version. It's true, legitimate, to the 1972 style. And then 1994 comes, we're like, we're going to reinvent the wheel. Literally in this case. I think it's time Brian gets his center stage here to talk about his preferred version. But before we... No, before we do, shall we give him the proper honor before we give him the stage to himself? We, on the sides of the view, do not like the 94. Yeah, y'all can... Yeah. yeah, yeah. What? what? Go I on. Can't stand for this. Oh, I, I, like I said, y'all, y'all can talk about something else for a couple more moments here because I'm trying to find something. Oh, so now you're talking about us getting our ducks in a row, huh? <laughs> huh? Look, uh, I've been looking for this for 15 minutes now. Okay, I didn't realize this was going to be this in hard to find. Look, I have been it's on large bad. arduous That's trips. That's why it wants to get buried even by the internet. Look, I have been on large, ar- long, arduous searches for things. This is why bookmarks were created. This was so bad. It was How bad was by- it? Thank you. It was so bad it wasn't even produced by Goodson Todd, but Paramount had to come in to make this thing. That Paramount. That Paramount. Paramount Domestic Television. Yes, that Paramount. I, I, I. Goodson Todman would not even sanction this thing themselves. <laughs> Mark Goodson was like, no, I'm good. No, at all on you. You go right ahead. You have fun with it. Nah, nah, nah. I- I'm all right. I'm all right. Brian, you finally ready to have fun with this? Uh, I'm having a microphone issue. Oh, he's having mic issues. (laughs) Technical difficulties. Do we have a technical difficulty slide? If so, one needs to be made. One can be arranged. Oh, 
by the way, speaking of the Kennedy version, out of the three syndicated versions that we have now mentioned, the third we have yet to do the full details of, only one GSN would touch. Well, of course, you can't do Dennis James because of uh, the kinds of prizes given away and uh, the fact that Bob in the late 70s, Thank early you. 80s finally Golden realized that... Um, yeah, we're not going to advertise this whole cruelty to animals thing anymore. We're going to actually be a bit more ethical. Also, only give away domestic vehicles. Another thing that Bob started. So pushing if we're, America. So if we're, if we're talking, don't mute yourself, by the way. Don't mute myself? No, because I'm doing some stuff. Doing stuff. While you were doing all of this with the furs and whatnot. <laughs> oh. But do you guys want to talk about double showcase winners? I finally found it. This well, here is we my go. favorite double showcase winner. Your favorite double showcase winner. Okay. And oh yeah, the 35th. The audio will actually come through. Because of my mic and not yours? Yeah, something like that. Okay. Let's I can rig my computer to take the audio from what's actually playing. So, YouTube, if you happen to go ahead and blame anybody for this, you know who to blame. There's a sports car in this showcase. It was 89500 $89,739. And that's why we have the math degree so we could do that calculation because we can't hear Bob. And that. Was a daytime record at the time, if I remember correctly. That was. He just said it. Her record actually stood for a pretty good long time, and it was just even better that it was on the thirty-fifth anniversary. It was the the episode that opened the thirty-fifth anniversary season. Oh, it's like you couldn't. Gloriousness. You you couldn't line up dominoes to to tip over any better than this. Not at all. I mean, that was a perfect way to kick things off. But then again, for something like that, you would want that as your first episode of your 35th anniversary season, not your first episode of your first season, as Drew would soon learn later. And what do we have here? The original voice of the prize is the first person. Come on down. Midwesterner Johnny Olson. And of course, after doing prices, pressure luck, he got all that money. The fancy suits from Thailand himself, Texan Rod Ruddy. Oh, if only I could have the kind of wardrobe budget. (laughs) If only I could have his wardrobe budget, I would be set. (laughs) I think Randy West has one of the suits. I see him wearing a green one. Very broad in the back. 
Do you still need me to stay unmuted? Yeah, give me a second. Commercial break? We don't do commercial breaks around here because somebody still hasn't given us everything to upload to the commercials yet. So send that little bit of request mail, which you can make all hate mail to s.garmer.gmail.com. Tell him to get on that. Please thank you and forthwith and post oh, that's I forgot about that. Okay, there we go. You, you missed the most important part of the end of this thing here. Okay. Not only. We're looking. We're looking. Okay. We are the priceless staff. <laughs> Not only do they have a double showcase winner, there's Bob anointing the staff. <laughs> and there's even a camera in the shot. Okay. 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 Got a couple more visuals here. That was definitely worth it. Now, with these double showcase winners, you know there's something that has yet to happen. But I would wonder, the odds being what they are, if there was ever a tie. Because they do have provisions for this. I don't know what they are. If both contestants are the exact amount away from the price of their showcases, they both win. They both win each of their showcases. However, if they are tied and the amount is within, I believe, what is Double it Double showcase now? window. Yes. They both it, it, win. It keeps changing because of the insurance policies game shows have against big winners right they widened it too wide the insurance company said oh, oh we ain't insuring you no more and they restricted it again right it used to be 100 then it was 250 not sure of what it is now but if you're went to both, 500. Wow. I, i'm pretty sure it's still a 250 i don't think it's changed at all 250 seems to be the magic number but if you're both contestants are tied and within that double showcase window they both win both you have to clone the showcases precisely i was reading up about that because i wondered myself yep. what if that would happen there Thanks it is to a uh, non-academic credible source <laughs> anyway um right. It has been 250 since 98. Okay. So, for the visuals, here's your host, Bob Barker, back in his truth or consequences days. Yeah, I and was just going to say, that is vintage truth or consequences, Bob, right there. Then you had someone who is very underrated in the old game show hosts collection. Dennis James. Completely agree a lot more there. credit than he gets because he's done a lot. And my personal favorite, 
Tom Kennedy. Oh, Tom Kennedy. That's an 85 Tom Kennedy for sure. And if you're wondering how Bob has fared in the modern age. Still holding up. Keep on going, Bob. We're rooting for you. So I think this finally brings us to 94. Yeah. All, All right. right. Screw this. I'm out. Oh, I need to unmute uh, myself. I need to. Uh, there we go. Oh, oh I, I can, can really get out of here. Yep. That's the right microphone. Only a true game show fan will appreciate the new price is right. The real new price is right. <clears throat> um, in 1994, with Doug Davidson. Yes, there was a 30-minute primetime syndicated version of The Price is Right. It was developed by Goodson, but not Mark Goodson. It's actually developed by Jonathan Goodson, who was Mark Goodson's son. Sorry, what? Actually, I do have to correct myself. Mark Goodson Productions did produce it. It was Paramount that distributed it. Yeah, I was I was getting to that, and I was going to give you the the Doctor Cox wrong, wrong, wrong while I was at it. But you redeemed yourself. Congratulations! Your show still didn't last four months. Yeah, we'll get to that. This is a deep dive, after all. So yes, there was a thirty-minute syndicated primetime series. Um. Fun fact, they stole Burton Richardson, who was also an announcer. He was a fill-in announcer, but he did also announce on daytime. And the new Price is Right is actually not a carbon copy or anywhere close um, to the daytime 60-minute Price is Right. However, it was it was close enough that you could get away with calling it the price is right. It still retained all of the the signature key elements that you would expect out of the price is right. However, there were some pretty significant changes. Um, the the biggest one, actually the two biggest ones really, uh, there were three contestants, and there was no one bid. Yes, you heard me. No one bid. What? Well, they had to cut time somewhere because 30 minutes. And they decided the uh, the whole one bid selection and all of that. No, it was that took up too much time. So there were no four contestants or three contestants or whatever. You literally got called up directly on stage from the audience and you played a pricing game right then and there. Um, they modernized the set dramatically. 
Um, they brought in giant walls of video screens. The stage floor was black as opposed to white. The lighting was a lot darker. The colors were not anywhere near as vibrant as daytime was. It, it was, it was definitely modernized for the nineties. And that was definitely the style of the nineties at the time. Um, the best thing in my opinion to come out of the 94 theme your I mean, uh, the 94 show was the 94 theme, which was created by the one and only Ed, H Ed Kalehoff. Yeah, I gotta get to that one. Yes, they, uh, they, the, the jazz price is right. Uh, they re-recorded the theme. They put in a very jazzy sound to it with the, with the saxophone lead instead of the uh, traditional synthesizer synthesizers wow i promise i can talk um even though the show did not last a long time a lot of the music cues that were made specifically for new price were carried through back to the original host prices right program now the saying prime time means bigger prizes and that was not an exception here even though the show was only 30 minutes long, the prize budget was 30 times larger. Maybe not literally, but they definitely featured a lot more higher value prizes than one would probably expect to see on regular price. The biggest one of those, there was probably two to three cars in every episode at least. If I can come in with a little extra here. Yeah, I got to actually come on camera for this. Uh, pricing game rules changes again, not credible source. Oh, oh, oh so you're being the expert on, on pricing. Mute this man, I try to hear myself. Mute this man. Oh, hey, pricing games are back in center again. Go figure. Barker's Markers notes called Make Your Mark, and that was made permanent when Drew Carey took over. More on him in a moment. The clock game was gone digital. $1,000 range, which to guess each prize. Four digits instead of the usual three digit. Again, inflated prices for nighttime. Hole in one, instead of revealing the prices after all six items were picked, the price for each was revealed after it was chosen and it was placed in mind only if it worked out that way. Plinko. Our good friend Plinko. Top prize, still 5000 Two configurations of was used though. Ugh, I need more of that drink apparently because this is a lot of pricing games. There was one configuration which had two 2500 slots instead of the 100s. And in order to earn ships, yeah, Brian, you were actually partly right on this one. A higher or lower guessing format was used to merchandise items, whether it was over a hundred, over or under a hundred dollars because they had prizes. Hundred dollars. You have two digits. So not, not can you can you put me on screen so so the folks at home can see the shit eating grin on my face right now? Yeah, yeah Davidson. Also, if you punched in the punch board, he'd pull it out immediately. Super Bowl. You rolled after each guess. Three strikes. The first number was lit at the beginning, and the number could repeat elsewhere because again, more expensive prices. 
Things of your showcase showdown. Get me out of here. All right, so showcase showdown. I I wasn't. I, I I'd be honest with you. I kind of liked the showcase showdown. Hack you would. You would. This is this is the love I get from my co-hosts. So, effectively, the showcase showdown is the new pricing game back to seventy-two. The a video was played of an original showcase from the 72 version or somewhere give or take in that range. Um, or they played a commercial from a like a like a classic commercial. Like I remember one of them, for example, was like a 1950s Palm Olive dish soap commercial. And they asked you um, to bid on how much the ad, the advertised item cost in the year that the commercial was played without going over without of course without going over um, right and whoever bid closest to the actual value of the item won the right to play the showcase so there was your one bid element that got scrapped from the one bid as you know it and moved to showcase showdown stupid oh, height any get me back on here. I gotta gripe about something also they did wrong. You know how if you were the big money winner, you got to spin the wheel last. Mm-hmm. Here you spun the wheel first. Hack, hack. And you did a bit on a showcase in this version. No, you just played a modified range game. Basically, yes. I remember that range, too. Got any more to say about this abomination? I mean, he's right about the showcase. It effectively was rage game 30 times larger. Um, It started at 10,000. It went all the way up to 70. And that increased in dollar amount or in dollar amounts of a thousand. And increments. The, the word is increments. Oh, whatever. Uh, and the person who won in the commercial break between them winning the showdown and going to the showcase basically picked an envelope. It had a number in it. And that's how much they would... That would be their range for the range finder in the showcase. And that ranged from 4000 to 10000 Uh When they come back, Davidson tells them how much their, their window is. They start the range finder and they pull the big red lever. Uh, they, you know, just like range game, they reveal the prize. If the if it's within the range, the contestant wins. Uh, and if not, they lose and they just get what they won in the front game. All in all, for what my co-hosts here would probably describe as a bastardized version of... You're damn right we would. Uh, 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 sorry, a bastardized shortened version of The Price is Right. Again, you damn right we would. 
Uh, honestly, I don't think it was a bad format. I think it, if you actually sit down and you watch episodes, and trust me, there's there's plenty of them on YouTube. I've watched them. I'm still of the opinion of Carrie. I think if you watch them enough, you gain you get you'll gain an appreciation for the show. And if you don't gain an appreciation for the version, there's at least one thing you'll walk away with having an appreciation for. What? I'm just saying in general. Whether it's the theme, something. whether it's one of the pricing game adjustments. Let me tell you something. Whether I watched episodes of that show when it came out. I was a youngin' of about eight. I have watched them since then. I'm sorry. Eight-year-old me looked at it awfully weird. 35-year-old me sitting here, I will say it is the second worst version of a Price is Right ever created on the planet Earth. The second. only version being the bum-ass, cheap-ass, new Australian version. Oof, we're already going international, we're not even currently. I, I, I think y'all are not given it the the fair shake that it should have gotten which is exactly which is exactly which is exactly what the networks did the networks didn't give it a fair shake either and that's why it only lasted four months no and you know I why you're on something did get death slot i do have to agree there it did get the four o'clock death slot it wasn't well, even the four o'clock death slot it got preempted by everything under the sun whoops That was a sign. Maybe in the same way this episode of the podcast got preempted by news twice in a row. That was a sign that we should be doing it tonight. And here we are. Now it works. So, yeah. Price is right and nighttime has had an interesting history. It had an interesting history. I will continue to remain as a staunch supporter of the new Price is Right. However, I understand, I do not respect, but I understand that both of you are of the opinion that it sucked. Hey, you can at least understand that you're wrong. We tolerate that around here. So the, so the first time we tried this style of nighttime prices, right? was August of 86. It didn't go over so well. The old Price is Right special. See, I was only two back then, so I don't remember this myself. It was a little before my time. But then, a bit later, and by a bit later, I mean 1996, the hour-long 25th anniversary special that did use the original 72 half-hour format. Yes, that's how you do a half-hour Price is Right. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then you had the 30th anniversary special at Harris in Vegas in 2002. One time road trip and then ties 5,000 potential contestants to line up for 900 tickets. Unfortunately, one person did get injured. I mean, hey, but what happens if Vegas stays in Vegas? Just saying. 
Unless, then, you know, you do some things that happen to be for certain areas of public consumption. And then summer of 2002, the tribute to the troops. And this is what led to the nighttime specials, which this was how you did it. Eric, you want to take over this one? Since I've talked late night, Brian's talked late night. I think it's your turn. So, dollar spectaculars included. So now when you see the late night specials going on from the 2000s to today, you do get this very familiar feel, except just like with the million dollar spectacular, you throw in the extra gimmick. The prizes get bigger. The risks get bigger. Everything is just absolutely tremendous, but you do it right. Yes. It's the same old show like you would see during the day, except instead of, you say, if you were playing on a golden road, whereas instead of getting an expensive five-digit car, it would be a six-digit car. For a million-dollar spectacular, say, instead of spinning the wheel, you get a dollar on the spin. Instead of getting, you know, 10000 25000 you'd get a million. Always the extra little touches that make you know, hey, this is a very big deal. Even sometimes, as we had mentioned with Plinko, a nighttime special, instead of the five or $10,000 space on 20, a $200,000 space right in the center, which actually was hit on that particular version. Very well done. So you made it subtle, but you made it. Mm, chef smooch extremely well done so with that part apparently somebody else needed a drink i need a drink too if i was talking about 94 price look again and yes we will go international at some point in the show it's not the worst trust and me also we're getting two hour primetime specials tonight to air as part of the 50th season. Got yep, it was a two-hour special. Moments. So very well done with the extra element, I must say. So basically, if, if I'm to understand what they did with this two-hour nighttime special, since we're a nighttime special, we might as well mention this now. Mm-hmm. They did essentially what Game Show Network did with Big Bucks, the Pressure Bucks. Again, they took an hour episode and interspersed a whole bunch of clips in the middle. Did one of those? Top 10 lists, famous contestant moments, all the sort of extra things that go along with celebrating 50 years. So different people from the different CBS shows on the network giving their well wishes and congratulations, all of that. But yes... There were mostly traditional elements from the show, but yes, all kinds of moments in between. Sort of a, as we put it off air, a full-on episode plus historical piece, all melded into one. So, talked about the hosts, talked about announcers, some of the models. We mentioned a name. 
and this man is such a big name and the price is right i'm going to pull up a photo reference from 2007 more on that year later the man who wrote the book literally a graduate degree thesis on the game show genre the man the record keeper the statistician of the price is right for those many many decades roger dobkowitz i'm telling you you think we're historians when it comes to this we don't, don't know, know shit. not compared to this man right over here all right, all right. So now I, I heard somebody mentioned something about models. Did we talk about the one model yet? Y'all y'all better know who the hell I'm talking about. No, not yet. Okay. okay. We'll probably do that in the um 07 transition phase. But Dob quits. <laughs> gentlemen what do you got to say about it Zach? i oh, mean i mean the man is basically like a living legend first of all i talked about my physics assignment we're just spinning the wheel he's like no 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 what i'm gonna do i'm going in the way way back Every bit of data, the pricing games, the records, who's won what, how much, this and that, how to even play it in your in some of your best strategies. That's the man. If you want to research the book, an historical study of primetime and network audience participation shows, 1948 to 1968 as part of his degree from san francisco state university in the year the new prices right debuted 1972. the man literally wrote the book i mean he ain't lying and that not and not only back then that kind of research took a lot of effort not only did he did he write the book, he sent the book to Goodson Todman, or specifically to Mark Goodson, along with some other game show producers. But he sent the book to Mark Goodson, and Mark Goodson was so thoroughly impressed, he hired the kid on the spot. He's like, yeah, you work for me now. <laughs> oh, you know why he's no longer associated with The Price is Right? One name of the executive producer that we have mentioned on this podcast before. Get the X's ready. It is the man, the myth, the asshole, Mike Richards. Three strikes, fuckers out. Damn right. I, I was going to say, gonna... those of you who saw Jeopardy, a deep dive into the Mike Richards scandal. Couple weeks ago, oh, would have remembered us talking about Roger Dobquitz's opinions on that subject, because we are talking about producers of The Price Is Right, 
yeah, Stomquitz is the legendary one that's been from that's been with the show since '72. But and maybe not a producer in '72, but he was definitely there in '72. Did he, he Richards is uh, unfortunately in the cadre of Price's right staff. There's also yeah. someone else you fired that I forgot to mention in the mentioning of announcers. I know this is one of Brian's preferred announcers. Yeah, he he's Jack Richards. Man who took over when Rod Roddy passed due to breast cancer. Yeah, male breast cancer. It's a thing. One in 99, so get your exams. Yeah, no, he... Uh, honestly, I, I think Rich Fields was the, the best person out of the folks that they auditioned and really anybody at the time to, to take over for Price. And it was a very unceremonious, almost disgraceful... Actually, not even almost. It, it was disgraceful, the the matter in which, or manner, excuse me, not matter, manner in which Rich Fields had to leave Price. Because he got fired by Mike Richards. Fun fact, fun fact. Rich Fields is actually gone back to his roots. He is a radio DJ. For a Tampa Bay, which is uh, where myself and Jonathan are located, uh, radio station. I wonder which one. Uh, I believe it's uh, it's the rock radio, the rock radio station. Okay, because hold on, I, I'm I gonna look it up real quick. I know Tampa it's Bay radio. It's he is uh, he is here in the uh, Lakeland or Tampa Lakeland radio market. Q one oh five. I wanted to say that that was an Orlando station for for some reason, but yeah, he has been there since what? I think it's been oh. God Matt five also six years now at least. Real fortune after we lost Charlie O'Donnell. Fun fact. Really should have gotten much more due, but again. The man who sought to his game show demise, thankfully not his career, has a particular demise of his own. And in due time, his name will forever be faded from closing credits permanently. I am waiting for that day. But yeah, he, uh, he also operates a blog on the Q105 website or through the Q105 website, where he talks about experiences on price. Are we fully done through 2007 at long last? No. What did we miss? Diane Richardson. <laughs> no. <laughs> nope, not touch that one. You want that one? That's all yours. This coming from you Ooh. of all oh, three no, of us. No, not, not you, John. Not Shut you up. I know. You like I said, I'm not touching you. That you know, you are. are um, how shall we say this? this? Uniquely qualified. This is you. I'm not I'm touching not it. it. <laughs> it's got to be mentioned. Like it. But I'm not touching it, man. 
I'm not touching it because I really don't know. All right, all right, all right. Bring it in. I, I, I know the the. I know enough of the basics, which is which is the uh, the TLDR in a nutshell. Bob Barker sexual harassment lawsuit from one of the models. Turns out he ended up admitting that he in, was indeed engaged in. I don't want to say extramarital because Bob is a widow and and had been for a considerable. But all I am saying is okay. He's talking. I'm letting him take over. All I'm saying with that is this: yes, as we like to say, especially when we're doing our shows, it's good to be the host. Yes, there are certain things that would I like to do in situations. Of course I would. Yes, you surround me with beautiful women. Needless to say, if things were said and or attempted and done, the hashtag hashtag me too and the cancel culture, I would be at very, very big risk to that. So, Bob, I love you. I get it. But this one is like, if it's something that I wouldn't do, you know, you probably shouldn't have. So, yes, it was good on him for admitting it. And yes, uh, allow me to allow me to quote a popular meme of the day. You done fucked up, A.A. Ron. <laughs> it, it, yeah. For now, again, with me, if I'm an old man, I'm walking around in my pimp suit him cane and a fedora and all this and that completely understand the mindset but still now keep in mind do we want to give any sort of inside baseball on the different bitches that we were planning i didn't think so that should tell you say that again you cut off there i'm i'm lagging a little sorry no, I was saying a different insight about our plans for different hosting things and the arrangement of the bitches. That's a life of viewer topic, not a life is like a game show this topic. Is my point. This is my exact point. I say no more. So, so, um, so long, long and in... fuck it. I'll I'll cover it. The the long oh, I and it. I got it. I got it. I'm gonna go do his man on this. Wow, I said we go do that. I go do Okay. So, um, <laughs> and now for a life is like a game show special news report. And here's your anchor, Jonathan Nielsen. So, Diana Lynn Botts. Born November 30th, 1944, in Jacksonville, North Carolina. Woo! You, sir, more of that later. Oh, wait a minute. That was the wrong Jacksonville crap. I already said Duval. Carolina is safe. Um, for Jacksonville, North Carolina, Marine Brat soon introduced residents of Virginia military family, strict religious houses, yada, yada, yada. Skipping to the good stuff, or in this case, the not so good stuff. I'm even going to bring this in the center modern. <clears throat> With Jenna's paint and holding the longest running record of years as Bob, as a Barker's beauty, 28 years, starting with the show's original premiere, Diane holds the second longest record, 18 year stint 
After 18 years, Diane decided to leave the series. Her final appearance, June 18, 1993, was taped June 7, which is also the final episode of the then 24 season. Before the sixth pricing game, which was a dice game, Bob gave the opportunity to say a heartfelt goodbye to the home and studio audience. Mentioned she was on, moving on to pursue other interests from the game show. Hint, hint, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Oh, she was pursuing other interests, all right. At the time of Diane's departure, there were rumors, particularly in the tabloid, she left the show because of basically an ongoing nasty feud with Pennington. Although it was reported they quarreled, production staff seldom paired them together by the early 90s. It was not the primary reason she departed the show. <gasps> the following year, Parkinson was out for a writer. She filed a lawsuit in Los Angeles Superior Court, case number BC. 106366 against Bob Barker for sexual harassment. That means she was forced into a three year sexual relationship with Barker in order to keep her modeling job on the prices right. This prompted Barker to seek revenge of his own. He and his attorney, Jeffrey Berman, held a live news conference where he revealed that, yeah, they were indeed involved in commercial relationships outside of Studio 33. He had never forced her to doing anything she did not want to, sexually or otherwise. During a news conference, Barker called an angry and bitter shouting match between himself and Parkinson in the dressing room. He learned that she gave an interview to USA Today about her appearances in Playboy magazine. hi <laughs> As they asked her what Barker thought about her posing nude in the popular men's magazine, Dan replied Barker allegedly said, quote, as far as I'm concerned, the good definitely outweighs the bad. That's what he said. Hello. Bob also revealed he tried to reason with Parkinson, which would not put words in his mouth. Parkinson thought about new pictures. Parkinson, they were fortunate, revealed that Diane went ballistic and threw into an angry rage. Oh, true Hollywood story for Prices Right in 2002 is where you can find out more information about this. The case never went before a jury. The lawsuit was dropped after her doctor demanded so because the ongoing stress has caused her health to decline dramatically. April 1995. Also, the concept of Janice on the problems. Suffer from a bleeding ulcer. That I did not know. And that is pretty much that. So Diane recently resurfaced. November 2019, article was published saying she was moving out of her Westlake Village, California home. This made for a cool three and one eighth million dollars. Thank you, Prices Right blog and wiki on fandom.com for that information. Love how that gesture works sometimes. You happy now? So, yeah, needless to you say... Would, you would come back to me with, you know, mouthful of dinner. Just saying. Speaking of that, don't, don't you dare. You motherfucker, don't you dare. Speaking of fat men and game shows... Segway! Hold on, not quite yet. Not quite yet. 
You're missing one, one, one little tiny thing. Before, but before we go into Drew here. Oh, I don't know this thing. Okay, okay, I'll tell you this. What talk show personality hosted The Price is Right? You said not to mention it in the chat. I was going to circumvent this because it is probably necessary of its own episode right here on the Life is Like Game Show podcast. Well, I was saying not to mention it because I wanted to mention it myself, not the not the subject was off limits. And of course, I get center screened because now I have to sit here and talk about Ricky Lake and the game show marathon. Um, You're the one who brought it up. Look, I, I it's it, if we're talking about iterations of The Price is Right, technically speaking, a full episode of The Price is Right was created and produced by the game show marathon as a quote-unquote sub-show. If we were mentioning game show marathon in a different context, going over all of the shows that we covered, hence the need for a potential own episode covering oh, that entire week. I, I, I think I don't think you're wrong. I think it is worthy of a deep dive, but it's also we're talking about price. It's honorable mention worthy because the, the statistics from game show marathon are included in a lot of the statistics for the price is right in general, that it was a one-off. It exists. Okay. Okay. You win. Asterisk footnote made 2006 Dabkowitz era. Sure. Okay. More on this later, but it is a thing. It exists. We acknowledge it and we move on. Bring on the fat man. Oh, So, I'm sure each of us have our own opinions, and our opinions have changed over the time here, 14 years into the Drew Carey era of prices. Right? Mm-hmm. Back in 07, when this was announced, I was like, are you kidding me? Are you fucking kidding me? Huge X at that time. No, sir, that I didn't time, like I'm it. like, no. No, this is not the man to go to. You need a game show veteran to come in and pinch hit this. Maybe like somebody like a Wink Martindale or someone of that caliber who is known in game shows and can do the show justice. No, they bring in the funny man from whose line, Mr. Cleveland sucks. Mr. Blew the load on power of 10, giggity. Go back and listen to the audio version when we did the brackets for our take on that one. No, no, this is not the star of The Price is Right, Bob Barker. You can't say this is the star of The Price is Right, Drew Carey. Can't do it. No way. This is garbage. I am done. Never watching this show again in my life. That was my opinion at the time. Especially because, and I have the same opinion, I watched the Drew Carey show, and I liked it. I liked what he did with Who's Line. I even saw a bit of the Drew Carey green screen show. That's the kind of thing I was used to seeing him in. Anything like that would have been absolutely perfect. 
But seeing him replace the legend and Bob Barker, considering all the other names, including George Hamilton, this felt wrong on so many levels. I was so mad. I, I think the backlash that Drew Carey received when he took over for Bob is on the same level that Mike Richards got when he got announced as the host of Jeopardy. The only difference no, is... that was worse. worse. Yeah. Richard much, is a, that was worse. The only, yeah. the only difference is... Drew Carey Richards didn't have scary. Well, yeah, Richards, exactly. Richards is a douche. Drew Carey, I don't want to say he doesn't have skeletons hiding in his closet because it's come out that he's had some skeletons in his closet. But at the time, he was squeaky clean enough to pass the Internet's criticism. Or at least the Internet's deep dive, no pun intended, to uh, there it comes. I hear it. Oh, I thought I was going to get a rim shot for that. No, you get a Kathy Greco. Because you can't mention the transition without Kathy Greco. But yeah, no. The uh, the, 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 Carrie got a deep dive into his own history and somehow managed to come up clean or clean enough that people were reluctantly accepting of him hosting Price. So. So uh, Fingers Greco over here was one of the producers in the transition time. And I believe it was her, along with asshole of game shows, Mike Richards, who actually made, at the time, the decision that was needed to make the show Drews. And once this change happened, I went back and I watched another episode in like 2000, late 2008, 2009. And I saw, hmm. The way they do the camera work on the introductions is now completely different. Allow me to do some quick YouTubery. Yeah, because initially, early on, it still felt like it was Bob's show. It didn't quite seem right. Now, they would be taking time to make it Drew's show as he's pulling everything up. And as we were saying, over time, yes, it has become Drew's show. And it's been okay. But that first year or so, you had to make quite a bit of an overhaul in order to really make it work. I got one clip i'm looking for a second so once there we go i was gonna say once jonathan gets his microphone muted here the camera thing was actually 100 richards I'll, I'll give him the credit that he probably earned for look, for look. that idea of let's completely refresh everything including like the tiny details a broken asshole cuckoo clock is still right twice a day. That's pretty much what I was thinking, too. Yeah. But. Oh, here we go. 
So while we talk about this, let's watch 46 years of season premiere introductions and how things have evolved since 1972. Keep going. So as you see here, again, as we discussed, the initial call was not come on down, it was stand up. And then once all of the contestants were introduced, they were all told to come on down for the new, the then new Price is Right. The real new Price is Right, Brian. Someone yeah, needs to get the Morton salt. Yeah, go go ahead. I hope you added a little extra Mortons on your food there. Because so, so I you, said it. So how you I like this So how do you like the Halloween set there? All that orange and black. Definitely a product of its time. Very, very 70s. Only thing we're missing were shag carpet, in my case, a record player, and eight track playing specific music. I could really get down with that. But and again, I don't have in your background. Exactly. Hmm. I was going to say, all it's missing is some, some shag carpet and some wood paneling somewhere. And it was golden. No, wait, it was orange. <laughs> orange, golden, similar palette. What was with game shows in the color orange in the 70s, though, man? Like, seriously, that's that alone. I feel like there needs to be a deep dive on. You know, I hadn't thought about that, but you're right. Split oh, second, and the flowers second in the stage chance. Now. Oh, the flowers in the stage appeared in 74. Here's 75. You'll, you'll, you'll notice up. that from stand up to come on down, stand up, the, the audience was not like, the applause signs were not flashing. Whoa, 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 whoa. Does something feel wrong about this 75 image to you, gentlemen? Aside from the blip where it said anniversary week? This shot right here should just resonate wrongness. The podium colors aren't right. The colors, the lighting is too intense. No, the the podium colors are right for the the bid displays, but they're in the wrong order. Good eye. Back then, it was red, green, orange, blue. Not today's red, blue, orange, green. Blue and the green got flipped at some point. And Eric's like, what? No, I get that, and I see with the podium colors, but you can barely notice that those colors are wrong because the camera is focused directly on the lights, creating that extra aperture effect. Ah, yes. Something that was gotten rid of in the carry transition. The video continues. Into 76. The contestants are starting to get a little bit more animated at this point. No longer all the suits that we saw in 72. Yeah, you now you got a little bit more of a warm-up into them. There's Bob still from the far away. Now see, the, you still had the lighting, but they were like, hey, let's open that from farther back. The lighting was less of a problem. Chase lights by 77. I think they came a bit earlier than that, but by 77, they were a staple on the intros. 
And that again shot of Bob Walker camera, the stars and the lights in the sky. Here we are, 78. Ugh, sweater vests. Ooh. Glad that's not a fashion anymore. Are you talking shit about my sweater vest? Talking shit about Ohio State football coaches in sweater vests are 79. Oh, don't don't get me started about Ohio State. All right, so we we can we can sit here for forever and go through this, and it would take us like you know twenty minutes, minutes, which is the length of the video. True. Yeah. Yeah. Drew era. So so Drew actually had problems right off the bat. Oh yeah. Notably, he had a very big problem. Mind you, not his fault. Oh. Oh, look at that. You don't see that very often. Drew's going no, you through don't. the audience. Or Bob's going through the audience. Yes, those were exceedingly rare. Even today, they're still exceedingly rare. I don't even know if we'll ever see, unfortunately, due to due to COVID. I don't think we may we may never even see another audience intro ever again. No, no. I sincerely well never is a very no, strong no. word, but if I had to guess, if we don't see it by say 2024, we're never gonna see it again. Yeah. Unless they decide to do it for what? Oh, hey, Fifty-five double nickel. Maybe, maybe, but, or, or another primetime special, maybe. Again, if they give it a couple of years, and we're just like Red Zone. We don't do commercials, at least not yet. But anyways, Drew had an issue almost right off the bat. He had a standards and practices problem. Dun, dun, dun. Too far out, dramatic reverb. (laughs) Okay, Okay, I've got it to year 30 now. And now you can really see the camera starts in tight and then pops out. As Bob walks towards the camera. That was established. That was the way it was always done. The starter, the price is right. Bob Barker. It was comes out sometimes with the model, but then obviously later not. Fade. Starting to get near that infamous year 35 when everything all changed. And notice the background behind Bob has been pretty static for the last few years, too, with that hexagon design. There's a star, cameras and the lights, comes on down to see Bob receiving the corded microphone. Yeah, still corded microphone at 07. You didn't trust wireless. But not to mention, not only do you not trust wireless, but some of those old school mics were just badass. Oh, hey, look, Bob coming through the audience. There was like literally less than 10 times he ever did it. Yeah, usually 
my thing is, if he was coming through the audience, I'm like, oh, there must have been some sort of technical difficulty with his usual set. Did uh, did somebody mention the Sony ECM-53 microphone? Because I feel like somebody just mentioned the Sony ECM-53 microphone. We didn't mention it that specifically, but yes. 51, I think, but yeah. No, it's a 53. Other game shows use 51s, that's true. Oh, 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 here we go. Or was it the 51? I know one of them is the... Uh, one of them is the lapel. One of them is the actual stick mic. But I've seen over the last few of these that star fade. It's a thing. And there's the logo change. And now you see what I believe is the first intro for Drew Carey. Notice, they still do the same camera kind of move. Still with the star fade. Drew Carey is not the star of The Price is Right. No, I looked at this and it just felt wrong. Just like that Jets jersey right there. I think that's a Browns jersey. Oh, well, hell. Yeah, and another one of the same. Drew just, no, no, this is not Drew. This does not fit the Drew personality. But as you can see, they slowly started implementing the changes, the logo, changing the hues of some of the colors, changing the star wipe. They started making it more and more okay. his show. Drew, man of the people, audience central. Okay. Still got the star, still not a fan of that, but no big fade to dazzling lights in the sky just they got rid of that by this point i mean normally a host transition is not this big of a deal but still with the star all right enough of this video i'm gonna find a different one this is 2018. By then, as you can see, dollar signs on the side. And it's a premiere. People looking fancy for this one, so that's the reason for that. This might have been a prime time premiere. Could possibly be. Drew, Drew did quite. Drew has done quite a few of those. Yeah, this does with the dollar signs does have that prime time feel to it. They didn't keep this for the daytime version too over the top. Yeah. But again, you're now a decade into things. You see updated sets, more digital monitors, everything like that. You also have a house band by this point. Yeah, the house band era was weird. I'm not going to lie to you. Oh, looks like they're celebrating a daytime Emmy, too. So, no longer big pop-out. It's the fade-over. You get the audience in the background. Man of the people, the host of The Price is Right, Drew Carey. Normally, you throw it over, big pan over to George Gray in the audience in the announcer spot. 
and just this big sweeping showing the audience. The audience are now the stars of the show. And you can also tell that this is a prime time because you see the looks at the podiums as well. Yeah, this is the prime time season opener. Or from what this more looks like, this is a some sort of primetime Emmy special. Mm-hmm. Okay. But anyways, moving moving on to the meat and potatoes of, of Drew's run. Uh, there, there's been a few things, a few notable things about Drew Carey's run so far. The first one... I believe this was technically his second season hosting it. He wasn't in for more than a year. And he had his first major thing, which happened to be a standards and practices violation. Violation? Yes, violation. So Plinko, our favorite game, Plinko. Oh, this one, okay. Because, because again, as I said before, what are the three things you think of when somebody says the price is right? Bob Barker, Plinko, and come on down. And the wheel, so you make it four. Uh, well, you could substitute Bob for the wheel nowadays. As much as I hate to say it. I, I mean, like, like Carrie said earlier, he's been doing it for 15 years now. I mean... You hate to say it, but... No, but I, I agree with you what I'm saying. And even if you ask anybody with that, some would say with Plinko, others would say with the Bob, and even back in those days, yeah. he still spun the big wheel. Oh, I'm not disagreeing with you. It's, it's pretty much... there's a, that's that would, that would be in the top four, yeah. Well, the Plinko board gets used for promotional stuff a lot. Including by like, you know, third party companies that, you know, like lottery games, for example. Oh, trust me. I've actually, at one of my old jobs, helped make my own version of a Plinko board. Yeah, that, 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 yeah. Well, it just so happened that, um, there were, there was a lottery promotion and a video game promotion going on. And they decided to use the Plinko board to promote the stuff. I guess they were shooting commercials or something. That's that's what I'm assuming here. Yeah, it was commercials. Um, so what would you do if you're shooting a commercial and you have a Plinko board? You're going to drop chips down the Plinko board. Now, yeah. now obviously, you don't want these chips. You're going to let the chips all land in the zero dollar spots. That's what you're going to do, right? Yeah, exactly. No. <laughs> You're going to rig the fucking board so that they all land in the 25K slot. Or at least you drop one for the sake of the commercial and it lands on the 25K slot rather than doing 17 takes. And on the 17th time, you get it into the 25K slot. The camera loader wasn't recording and then you got to do it for another 18. Exactly. So, I mean... So they rigged the pink they rigged the Plinko board up with some fishing line that wouldn't show up on camera to guide the chips into the $25,000 slot. Yeah, 
Yeah, a little squidge here, a little peg that turns over here. Exactly. Still looks legitimate, but hey, it lands in the $25,000 slot. Well, they used the real on-air Plinko board for this. And they Gee, rigged what it. What could possibly go wrong? And they rigged it. And, Nothing um, terrible could ever happen as a consequence of this, could it? No, of course not. Not when a contestant won $30,000 <laughs> because they forgot to remove the wires <laughs> in, in the, the middle, middle of, of a taping. taping. No, no, nothing, nothing could possibly go wrong. He almost looked as excited as George Green here, probably. Yeah, no, so, uh, yeah, the uh, contestant was playing the game. She uh, drops three consecutive chips into the $10,000 slot. Everybody in standards and practices and everything is freaking out. The fourth chip gets dropped. A producer in the back realizes, oh, shit, we forgot to remove the rigging line. <laughs> stop tape, stop tape, stop. Cut. Nope, nope, nope. So uh -oh. they they run out and they they tell Carrie in his ear what's going on. <laughs> hey, um, Drew. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey, Drew, remember, buddy. Remember, guess what? It's rigged. Hey, Drew. Remember when we shot that commercial and uh, helped guide for the plinko into the center chip? Well, Pepper's Farm still remembers. We gotta <laughs> fix it. Well, Pepper's Farm just remembered. And we fucked up. Yeah. So um, the they they ran out, told told Drew what's going on. They stopped tape. Uh, they removed the wires, and then they reshoot the entire game. Now the contestant, because you know this is the way game show rules work, got to keep the thirty thousand dollars. Um. But when the original, or when the show aired, December 5th, 2008, uh, they did not, which is actually very surprisingly, because uh, if I remember correctly, they do have to disclose these things. Um, they did not refer to the mistake or how much money that she won prior to the removal of the wires. Now, would they have had to, when they disclose it, like the blurb at the bottom, portions of this show that may have affected the outcome of the game have been re-recorded or something like that? Yeah. I think Price, by default, has included a blanket one since at least season 30, maybe season 25. Usually when something actually happens, even when there's a blanket statement like that, they'll, they'll have a, a special segment pop in. I know Rod Roddy has had to say it a couple of times at the very end. Right before he comes on, they'll say portions of the game have been edited for broadcast. Don't turn my share on just yet. I'm prepping something. Okay. But that was that was Carrie's first big uh, big hurdle. Um, the next big hurdle. Do we need to talk about a certain contestant? Uh, yeah. Oh, oh hey, hey, I wonder what I was going, going to next. next. Turn off the share, please. Because we need to talk about Mr. Terry Nice. Terry Nice. Allow me, please, to uh, set this one up because I have to compare him to another game show contestant on another CBS show. 
Oh, oh no. he is this. of that caliber. Um, can I give There's... a little bit of a backstory before you preface that, though? Uh, sure. Before I throw it back to May of '84, go ahead. Yes. There's three things that led up to this. This is a contestant right here. May of 84, as John just alluded to, but go back to the original version in the 50s. Remember when we mentioned the home sweepstakes? Yes. Oh, yeah. As and the home sweepstakes, they actively said, if you go ahead and research the exact value of these prices, good on you. Because and if you can get it down to the penny and you are first in the post and first to get it, yes, good penny. on you. You heard that right, folks. Penny. Only time ever Price is Right did things down to the damn cent. Yes. If you were that, just like that, and you were the first entry in, congratulations. You won. You won the lot. And they again, they said, Go ahead and do your research. More on winning lots on a different show. Yes. Fast forward to May of 84. You have a man who does his own kind of homework with a VCR. Those of you who listen to the audio podcast know about Mr. Michael Larson and his escapades on price, on a pressure luck. I almost said price right there. But he deserves. An episode all to himself. So cut to Mr. Terry Neese gets called up, contestants row, gets his way through, is pretty well, I believe, on the pricing game, gets a good wheel spin, and he bids a certain amount. There he is, Terry Neese. There's him with the sign calling his name down. $23,743. An interestingly exact bid, as Drew Carey host would have said. For those of you who listen to the kickoff, I have mentioned this thread before. R slash oddly specific? Hmm. Turns out he's a double showcase winner. Okay, we see these every so often. But the thing is, Look at what's behind that double showcase winner graphic. Uh, zero. The perfect bid. The contestant who knew too much. And somebody Almost is on a wavelength with me. Almost like I had this prepped. Brian, go ahead. Take the center stage for once. Of something good. This documentary is amazing. It is available on YouTube and plenty of streaming services. I know because I, oddly enough, ran into it on Hulu. Uh, I, I highly recommend watching this. Um, it, it tells the story of Ted Slauson and Terry Neese and how Terry Neese became the contestant who has the only perfect bid in prices right history but this was drew carey's first actual like big test right 
So, you know, here we are, normal taping day. Terry Neese is up there. He bids this oddly specific uh, dollar amount on his showcase. And they go to commercial because if you... Ooh, excuse me. The uh, These sparkling waters are apparently giving me the hiccups. And what am I going to do? I'm going to drink more of them. Of course. But... As you uh, know of the format for the Price is Right, the there's always a commercial break between the uh, second contestant showcase showdown bid and the reveal. Now, Price is Right, and I don't think this is something that we have have have, have covered this yet. Price is Right tapes true to airtime. Actually, a lot of game shows have done this. Price was one of the first. Price, I actually, I don't think Price was one of the first. Price is one of the notable ones that still does it. Um, I think Jeopardy, I don't know if they're doing it now that Alex has passed, but I know while Alex was around, uh, Jeopardy was taping to airtime as well. They what still this do. means basically is you got a sixty-hour show. Sixty-hour, sixty-hour, sixty-minute, sixty-hour. You've got sixty-minute show. You're taking it in sixty-minute time frame. Go ahead. And yeah. yes, Jeopardy still does tape true to air. Thirty minutes to thirty-minute airtime. Thirty minutes to tape an episode. So basically, what this means is. The, you know, minute, 30 second, two minute, two and a half minute commercial breaks are the same amount of breaks that they put in during taping. From the original time in the early 70s, one minute, three and a half seconds, then a minute five, then towards you got the 90s, 2000s, the infamous two and two. Yeah. (laughs) More on that later. But... God, I see what y'all did there. <laughs> um, so yeah, they they are they're in commercial break now. Normally, in two minutes and change, they come out, resume taping, show continues as normal. Drew announces the winner. If they want a car, they get to go hump their car, and they get their prices right. Winner's license plate. Not this time. Not this time. During the stop down, well, during the break, which became a stop down, uh, a producer walks up and motions Carrie to come to the producer hut. And I don't know if, uh, if, 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 if John over there can find a picture of the producer hut, but there's a, there's a little s- section backstage at the Price is Right, just, just off to the viewers left. Uh, where a group of like three producers, a standards and practices guy for the longest time, actually it was a woman, um, would would stand there and would watch and control the whole show from this little hut. It's where they had all of the, 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 the prize-winning numbers. Everything that needed to happen for that show that day was in this little hut. That's the best oh, way I can describe it. Uh, pull the sheriff, please. 
you see that little gap between where the edge of that stage is and the curtains, that little sort of black sliver that's coming down to the stage level, sort of probably three quarters to the right edge of the screen as it's being shared right now. That's roughly where it is, just right around that corner. And go ahead back to the old shot. So they they beckon Drew back there to the producer hut, and they tell him, look, the guy got it right on the money. It's an exact bid. And Greco's in the booth flipping out. Yeah, and immediately they're panicking because everybody, including Drew Carey, they thought the show had been rigged and that Terry Neese was cheating. S&P was on this like white on rice. So it it got so bad that senior CBS network producers and and management were called down to the studio. I think not quite less moon vest level of top brass, but I think it was like I think it was like two levels on like there were two there was like the guy reported to somebody, and then that somebody reported to Les Moonves level of, like, only two degrees of separation from the top. Yeah, shit hit, hit the fan, basically. So, as I, as I try to get a little more comfortable here, um, and fix the microphone, because it likes to fall over. They are panicking their ass off. What was supposed to be a two-minute and change break ended up being well over an hour stop down. And the entire time, the contestants had no idea what was going on. The audience had no idea what was going on. Nobody was sharing anything. The contestants were just being told, hey, stay at the podium. Something going on. We'll tell you when we can tell you. I would have been like, well, you got food? <laughs> Brian, you want to narrate over a video? I mean, you can. It's only two minutes, so yeah, I can probably condense this a little bit more. There's your first one. So yeah, $500, by the way, is the uh, double showcase threshold here. I knew it! I knew they doubled it to 500 inflation. They, 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 they did it for a couple of seasons uh, when Drew took over and I, the insurance company, I think forced him to drop it back down to 250. Because if I remember correctly, Drew said, Drew said there she's in double showcase land. No, was not said. I've watched this clip enough times. But how nonplussed Drew Carey is in response here. And I'll tell you why. why. He's got around the nose and just gives him the handshake, and that's that. And I'll tell you why. why. 56 grand winner. So Drew Carey is, they are backstage for a not insignificant amount of time discussing how they're going to handle this. Because this is quite truly unprecedented in the history of The Price is Right. 
And on top of that, they legitimately think this guy cheated. So Drew Carey, this is this is where Drew Carey as a novice game show host definitely comes to light here. And I, I still say that even though he did have power of 10 under his belt. But power of 10 could not have prepared him for this. Yeah, power of 10, remember. Biggest winner possible right at the very first episode. Drew is also, unfortunately, used to be blindsided by shit. Oh, yeah. That was like, oh, but it, it pretty much came down. And I want to say this. It was the CBS executive that, that made the decision to go ahead and finish the taping. I mean, at this point, you're what two minutes from the end of the episode airing. You can't keep the up. You can't keep the contestants in limbo for forever, and you don't really want to walk out and say, "Okay, this guy cheated." The episode's over. We're not finishing it. So basically, this harkens back to another show we're going to discuss in the future and how they handle tapings. The British who wants to be a millionaire. With that whole situation back in 01. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm going to have some fun with that when we get to that. Because you want to talk about a, a, a game show that I really know. That man over there is the millionaire expert of the team. Now, if I can hearken back to the old list of retired pricing games. Mr. Producer, if you'd please drop the shot of it's optional. When you get a car being read out by an announcer on this show, you gotta pay damn well attention. Except this pricing game was in play. Because all those features have prices associated with them, don't they? And this show loved to keep using the old standard package that came with every vehicle. I always so, remember they mentioned that with every car, even the ending with the California emissions. emissions yep. Because yes. California, California emissions cost extra. And you've had some contestants in years past. They ask Rod or whoever was down there, because usually it was Rod Riley that got these kinds of contestants, because that was the era, that would ask for clarification on, you know, what was read, what, what price package in there, what model of car is it, and so on. Because these are the people that had your photographic memories. Bob, it's a 1972 Chevrolet Corvette with sports option package A and California emissions. For example, right there. I think this pricing game needs to come back. Because now what Price is Right has to do is vary things up. You can't use the same prices same prizes from the same sources episode to episode hey oh, you're jumping my, my gun, gun here. here oh am i stealing your thunder fine you go through it all right so drew comes out after the decision has been made we're going on with the show 
Drew does not think that this episode is ever going to see the light of day of air because he thinks they're going to find out that this guy cheated. Drew and other long time and and we're we're talking like career prices right staffers think that this guy cheated. They don't know how to they don't know how they're going to do it or they don't know how to prove it yet. That's that's part of the panicking is how to prove uh, that this guy cheated. They're they're scrubbing videotape um, from like every camera in the building uh, while this is going on. But Drew does not think that this episode is ever going to see the light of day. Not even in a blooper reel or anything. This is going to get buried like CBS thought that they were going to bury Michael Larson. This was also 2008, so it was after Bob Kowitz and Greco, I believe. Uh, no, Greco, Greco is definitely still around. Oh, Greco, yes. Dobquits, no. Um, I think Dobquits might still be around, actually. Dobquits did not leave immediately. He, well, he was canned, I think, after the 2007. He is featured in the documentary, though. Yeah. Which is why I'm led to believe he's still around. When this happens, I'd have to double double check. But anyways, Drew comes out and because he's he's doing it because the CBS executive boss said, hey, finish the goddamn show. We'll sort this out later. Don't don't mention anything about cheating or scandal or any of that, any of that bullshit. Just go out there, finish the show or whatever. So Drew comes out. He has a remarkably different attitude. When, when you see him come back from the commercial break, because what the folks at home didn't know is that it was almost three hours between the, the com- had elapsed between the commercial break and actual taping time. So Drew comes out, he does the reveal, and he just gives that deadpan, I don't give a fuck, congratulations, like not sincere or anything because he doesn't think the guy's going to get paid out. He doesn't think he's going to win the money. Not um, to mention with that sort of a taping and everything, you're looking at altogether about four hours. You're tired on top of all these things. Yeah. And the price is right. Does multiple tapings in a day. If I remember correctly, they do two to three. Cause I know it takes it's, it's two days to tape a week. Yeah, that was something. Again, Richards. Yeah. But a lot of game shows have been doing that since like the 80s. So well, when I mention oh. Richards, it's changing the schedule for the lifers and stuff and coming in different days where they normally wouldn't. Yeah. yeah. I have a quote here. Um, Eric, if you'd actually, I don't normally like to share text on the screen like this, but here is the infamous non-incredible academic source talking about winnings records. I refer you down to the fourth paragraph here. A Drew Carey quote, everyone thought someone had cheated. We just fired Roger Dobkowitz, and all the fan groups were upset about it. I remember asking, are we ever going to air this? And nobody could see how we could. So I thought the show was never going to go to air. I thought somebody cheated us, and the whole show was over. Thought they were going to shut us down, and I was going to be out of a job. So, yeah, the explanation at the time that Nice gave seven four three is my pin number based on wedding date and wife's birth month. Okay, no big deal. 
Date in question, September 22nd, 2008. And again, even, even they say, comparable to the feats of the late great Mr. Michael Larson. More on that guy later. Is yeah, I, again, they, they, they usually had like a, a four to five hour taping day. Um, they did two to three episodes in a day, and I believe this was a, the first episode for that day. Oh. Obviously, it ran long, so there was only one episode taped on September 22nd, 08. But yeah, no, so Drew Carey walks out, he gives the deadpan thing, and uh, after that, they, uh, you know, the, the standards and practices does an investigation, Price staff is doing an investigation, you know, it's Investigation City. But eventually, it's it's ruled that um, Nice, after a lot of stuff that went on through the, through the press, especially when uh, the episode actually did get the clearance to air, um, they pretty much is like, no, this is, this is legitimate. It's just it, we, the contestant memorized all of our shit because we're, we're cheap and we reuse the same prizes over and over and over again. Yeah. Cause Mike Richards. Well, this was done even before. This, this like was, this, this guy had databases. He had a database that he created. It was a software engineer. Oh, and, and the computer program to quiz himself. Bring us back in here, if you would. Yeah, no, he... That, this that is, explains this is, a few more things, then. No, 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 you really do need to go watch Perfect Bid, then, no, because... I, I, I think after we get done tonight, I have a few things that I'm going to be up for a while. I think I shall. Be, because you're, you're going to realize, as much as we want to shit on Mike Richards, this is probably, I would say, maybe... 10% of this is Mike Richards's fault. That's fair. Less. Less. He was just doing what the people did before him. He was basically doing what Jack Barry did in the 50s. Everybody oh! shows back then. He just fell in line with what everybody else was doing. Okay, we're not going to compare him to Jack Barry. Yeah. Even I think that's a little harsh. harsh. Yeah. In the historical context... I don't even agree with you. No. No, I don't even agree with you there. I, I can't even agree with you there. I'm sorry. We agree to disagree. Move on. No, there's Mike Richards. Was, prizes were not handled by him because CBS still had his in, its in-house standards and practices person at this time. That's how the executives were able to be called in as quick as they were. Mike Richards started his shady shit when CBS pulled the full-time standards and practices person out as a cost-cutting measure because they thought the price is right would never do anything shady. Ah, so basically like uh, Baring's Bank in Nick Leeson, that situation. Allow me to quote the great Dr. Cox. Wrong, 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 wrong. You're wrong. Well, again, this was solely Mike Richards and not the Price staff, or at least I would like to be led to believe to that. Um, the Price, I don't think some of, I don't think most of the career lifer folks at Price would would do such a thing, and would probably be insulted to insinuate that they have. 
Um, obviously, we know Dobquits is not a fan of Richards because Richards got Dobquits fired. But Yum. and he would end up getting Greco fired about five years later. Yep. Um, but yeah, no, the uh, that that that's what happened with Terry Nice is effectively guy got fed the answers from somebody in the audience who had been trying to be a contestant and never got picked. So he would just help the people who did get picked to win. In fact, he was actually the guy who helped. Ted was the guy who was hoping to get called up, but it actually happened the other way around. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Ted, Ted Slauson is the contestant that knew too much. The documentary is actually about Ted Slauson and how he helped Terry Nice come up with the perfect bid. I think we've mentioned everything about The Price is Right as a television show. Notice what I just said there. As a television show. You know where I'm going, gentlemen? There's video games, there's a board game, there's... Oh, no. No, 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 no. no. Something that's actually set to come back to my... Can I, can I, can I finish? Can I bloody fucking finish with the list? Thank you. You guys are cutting me off before I get to the punchline. I can't even deliver the fucking punchline, and you deliver the punchline for me. Well, learn how to deliver the punchline faster. You know 90% of comedy is timing. Yes, The Price is Right Live, a wonderful little thing called a stage show, which we've gone to twice. Yeah. Wait, so who's hosting this? Uh, It rotates through quite a few hosts, uh, some notable names that will be familiar to uh, the folks at home right off the bat. Randy West, Todd Newton from Whammy, the all-new Pressure Luck fame amongst uh, other game shows. We met them both. Uh, Jerry Springer. What? Yes. Jerry Springer has hosted The Price is Right Live. Um, I'm I can't remember who else has uh, who else has done it. Um, George Gray. Oh yeah, George Gray has hosted it. Uh, I think he did it. He did the ones in Vegas at Harris. Um, oh, I got a list from the non-credible source. I was going to say that I, I was look went, going to find the list from the non-credible source. Uh, Todd Newton, Mark Summers, David Ruprecht, Pat Finn, Mark L. Wahlberg. Yeah, the one from Russian Roulette uh, on Game Show Network. Not the other Mark Wahlberg. Roger Lodge. I don't even know who the hell that guy is. Uh, Warning, warning, turn down your headphones. Michael Berger! That That is obligatory for those of you listening at home. When we get to match game, you'll understand why. Uh, JD Roberto, uh, you should you should uh, know him from no freaking idea what because I don't either. Uh, George Hamilton, Doug Davidson, um, what? 
Yeah. Of course, I come right back and you mention that name. I couldn't catch who you're mentioning from the I don't know what. Really, Jesus, you and your timing. <laughs> don't cut me off oh, on my punchline then, bitch. JD Roberto, announcer of Game Show Network's The Pyramid. Oh, the guy who worked with asshole Mike Richards and gave him a shot. I mean, we're not going there. Um, yeah, Doug Davidson, fun fact, the only actual host of The Price is Right to also host a stage show. You know, you know who would be very epic, especially if they toured the Great White North to host a stage show? Who? Al Dubois. Just more on that later. More on that later. Uh, moving on through the list of notable names of uh, stage show hosts here. Uh, Bob Goen, um, the host of Entertainment Tonight and the host of Daytime Wheel. Chuck Woolery. If you don't know who Chuck Woolery is, then uh, you've been living under a rock and you should listen more of more to this podcast. Damn more right. to podcast. If people know who Chuck Woolery is now, probably just for different reasons. Again, you should listen to more of this podcast. Uh, Marco Antonio Regil, uh, the host of the Spanish version of The Price is Right, amongst like other Spanish things. Spanish El Precio Justo, or... Uh, I don't know. That's what the, 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 the non-educational, reliable... Atinale um, El Precio. Ah, so try to remember if that's the proper that's Mexican. Accent. Yeah, Mexican version. That's yeah. the one. The Mexican version. Uh, now I gotta go back. Yes, Alan Thick. Alan Thick. Yes, that Alan Thick. Canadian. Uh, rest in peace. Drew Lackey. Um, singer from 98 Degrees. Brother of Nick Lackey. Probably wow, okay, there you go. That tells you I don't know who the fuck it is. <laughs> That's why there's three of us, folks. Yep. I'm sure you can direct your uh, hate mail to, uh, what's the address? S.Garmer at gmail.com. And also Jerry Springer, Joey Fatone, and George Gray. There you go. And all of your hate tweets for the mispronunciation of a quite popular judge on the new show Alter Ego can be directed to at FWE producer. That's a good thing I don't check my Twitter anyways. Check the tweets. Well, if we and have your email. broadcasting live on that Twitter, you'll damn sure check it now, won't you? Uh, that'll blow up my phone if anybody actually sends me a hate tweet. I look forward to your letters. Or Sorry, I gotta do that to the microphone. I look forward to your letters. John knows where that came from. Yeah, uh, more on that game show host, future game show host later on. Oh, oh no, no, we're getting to that right now, actually. Um, besides the new prices, right, there was one other big thing that we forgot to mention in the Drew era. Oh, the crossover with a certain late night host. Right, 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 right. Uh, now he gets it after I've done made about four references but, to that late first, night I talk show. But first, before we get to there, let's finish the announcers for Prices Right Live. Sure. 
Randy West, Daniel Rosen, David Ruprecht, Gene Roberto, Dave Walsh, as well as others. Yeah, yes. David Ruprecht. The, the the David Ruprecht. The guy who does sweep legitimately as opposed to its current host. Yes, that David Ruprecht. Yes. I'll be a monkey's badass uncle. Yeah, he hosted and announced on the stage version of Price is Right. And for those of you... On stage, we didn't meet him person to person, though. Ah. Uh, do, 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 do. Where the heck is it? Okay, there we go. Stay up. It's been a long, long day. And the Sandman's knocking at your door. But stay we were just on, the TV on. podcast. What? <laughs> And let's do it anyway. It's okay. Okay, yeah, you can't tell that I don't like uh, the Late Light Show with Craig Ferguson. But before we get to that, I am going to uh, put a lovely thing up on the screen here for our folks to see. uh, Add to our game show credibility here. Oh, you would pull that image. That is a price your luck crew jacket. More on that later. Yes. Uh, we will get to that when we do pressure luck, but this is from the stage show at, uh, in 2013. Um, well, that was, that's Craig Ferguson. That's the announcer for the show. I don't know who the hell he was. Um, this was not the one with, this was the first one we did. There was two of them. Um, the second one is when we got to meet Randy West. Yes. But then going back to Craig Ferguson, I mean, you may not like with the late late show, but we did we did manage to uh, catch Todd Newton after the show. Uh, I did bring my my authentic Crusher Luck crew jacket with me, and Todd Newton was over the moon with it because we asked Randy West who the crew was for our local Lakeland, Florida show. And we knew ahead of time that it was going to be Todd Newton who did when we all knew pressure. Actually, Todd Newton did it both times. We, uh, they came to Lakeland. I wonder who's going to be up when it comes to Jacksonville. I don't know. I think sometimes they put it on the, they put it on the prices, right? Website, but Hmm. there we go. I try to get out of my full screen Chrome tab now. I don't know where the image from the first one is because I also have us. I have a picture of us with Randy West somewhere. That's something you have and I don't. But back to Craig Ferguson. But yes, so there was a uh, there was an April Fool's special of The Price Is Right. And this was, oh man, I don't even remember what year that was. I want to say that was 11, 12, something like that. Trying to think. Round then. Let's see if the non-educational credible source has it. As they're looking a few things up. Yes, even with the... 14. 14. There you go. But yes, no. So uh, Craig Ferguson hosted 
an episode of The Price is Right and made a damn good game show host. I wonder why he ended up getting game shows later on. Hmm. Makes you stroke the beard and think. But. On that note, I've got nothing else. I have exhausted everything I need to talk about. I, I do want to. There is a. Uh, something interesting. Oh, that's. uh That is not what I'm looking for. It looks Two like hours, 40 minutes. Yeah, this was a deep dive. Well, we said that we were going to go borderline hello internet length with these shows, so. I think we exceeded them. And look at just Brian staring off like he's looking off into space or something. No, I'm looking for the uh, I'm looking for a particular clip here. Still looking for a particular clip. Are you actually looking for the April Fool episode? I got it. <laughs> I got what I'm looking for. Now you see it? Oh, don't start that again. Oh, you got to add an announcer list, too. Yeah, just again, YouTube stuff from this bit. <laughs> yeah, but that was the voice of announcer of Late Late Show of Craig Ferguson, often featured on the 80s Davidson, other Davidson version of Hollywood Squares, Shadow Stevens. As you will see, the one-time host... Of the price is right. Craig Ferguson. Who gets a Drew style camera work intro? Mm, very weird way to head up a microphone, but it works. I thought that was absolutely perfect. Shadow Stevens. Hold on, I'm going to rewind that there. It's kind of grainy. I'm sorry. That's just the video. Shadow Stevens in a Rod Roddy jacket. Because Shadow Stevens was in game shows in the Rod Roddy era. Well, I mean, if they you remind watch- you of Davidson's 84 run of Hollywood Squares. I believe that was 84. I mentioned it already. You oh, mother. shut up. Look, look. We can just sit here, talk about April Fools, and go into the politics of Burundi all day, but at some point, I think we may have to wrap it up. No, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, And yes, John saw what I did there. Uh, we've, we've stepped, stepped up, up to this challenge, challenge, I would say. 
Well played, Nielsen. Well played. I have one thing that I do want to talk about really quickly because I think it's a, a pretty important part of Price is Right. And we really haven't covered it that much except for a couple of things that I mentioned earlier. And I think we can we can possibly even close on on, on this part here. The music. We have not talked about the music of The Price is Right at all. I know you guys are like, oh, I want to wrap this hell up, but... Well, I mean, it's kind of hard to talk about the music because, you know, DMCA and copyright strikes. We're not going to get DMCA'd over the, the themes, at least not The Price is Right themes. I'm thinking of something oh, else. Oh, you'd be surprised. Yeah. Remember, I've already had experience with one YouTube video being taken down. And if you speak to one Mr. Mark Radulich, he's got a lot of experience with having a few different things being taken down. So, did you know? In this case, I will... Uh... I, I, I would like to, but I'm not going to spend 28,000 minutes trying to find the, the, the freaking cues or clips of them being used on The Price is Right. Um, but I can say there are two game shows whose themes were also used on The Price is Right. Name them. Match Game Hollywood Squares Hour. That's the easy one. Yeah. Yep. Because that was for one of the like, more car theme. And speaking of car themes, Family Feud. Microphone. <laughs> I thought you were doing that. I couldn't because you muted yourself. Yeah. Yes, uh, Mr. Nielsen over there is correct. The main theme for Family Feud was used as a car cue on The Price is Right. The main theme from the match game Hollywood Squares Hour. That just sounds weird not saying it without announcing it because I've we've done that show too many times. Um, that theme, when that show went defunct, and probably a good thing that it did. Because um, that'll get covered in a deep dive in and of itself. Oh, oh God, yes. Um, the main theme to that was also recycled and adapted by The Price is Right. Because Goodson Todman loves reusing its music library across all of its game shows. They also love this man, Ed Kelhoff. Uh, and its main theme was also used as a car cue. Um, I, I think it is safe to say that as far as music from The Price is Right is concerned, the, the, the music cues and the audio cues are, are something that will uh, definitely live in pop culture history, infamy, take your pick. I mean... Somebody does something stupid. Somebody loses. Price is right. Fail horns. Yeah. Um, hell, they were even popular on Goods and Todd on other Goods and Toddman shows. The uh, the classic Price is Right buzzer. You you guys know the classic Price is Right buzzer. 
it's 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 very difficult to actually recreate, but much like if you go over on the big wheel. That that was that that buzzer was made for price, but used extensively on other shows. Um, but I, I think it's safe to say that the price is right is definitely uh, a, a cultural mainstay. Sure, nobody likes Drew at first. I'm still, I, I think Drew's kind of in the shit right now with the whole Mike Richards thing, but we already talked about that. Um, but I will end with this interesting statistic that comes from the uh, credible, the non-educational credible source. If I can interject one real quick before you go to that one, because yours is probably a bigger one than mine. The number of episodes. It's over 9,000. What? 9,000? There's no way that can be right. Can it? They did a 9,000th episode special. Of course it's right. Of course it's right. Yeah, no. Um, I had to. Where the heck was it? I'm sorry. You'll have to give me a moment because I had it and I lost it and I want to make sure that I quote it correctly. Well, while he's pulling that up, you can catch yours truly in the socials over at GTN 2002, Twitch and Twitter. Of course, I keep the Facebook for the personal, close personal friends, loyal friends and true of myself personally. Or right, that way. You can catch myself on the very account where this is broadcasting at Squid Sportshead. You can also find me on Facebook if you're wanting to see me start flame wars and debate certain interesting things. You should know what to do by now. Look under Eric Watkins. Picture of the guy sitting in the recliner with the glass of wine and the laundry. You got the right guy. And of course, yeah, you can find me a few other places. You're going to have to slide in my DMs to figure out how. And of course, I'm all around the W2M network. Soccer to the max, which is moved to Sundays. We got the kickoff, except for this week, because we have multiple issues with hosts. Life gets in the way. We might have a couple of other things in the works. You mentioned point of viewer. You don't know how right you maybe are of that returning in an even... I can't say more bizarre form, but if you thought the original was good, wait until you see it turned up to 11. I mean, you also mentioned there with all that life getting in the way. I mean... Life is like a game show. If you're an announcer and you get laryngitis, you're getting subbed. Yeah. Indeed. All right. I will leave with this one tidbit, or sorry, one trivia question, and then I have a uh, successor follow-up fact for you. Uh, first of all, I'm Brian. I'm FWE producer on Twitter, on elsewhere on social media, but that's either not really used or close personal friends sorry um the price is right and one other game show is one of two game show franchises to be seen nationally in either first run network or in syndication airings in the u.s in every decade since the 1950s what's the other series since the 50s 
And I'm the expert of the team when it comes to the black and white era, usually. This includes 2020? Yep. I think it's still on the air today. It's I mean, got to be something that's been on the air since yeah, 2020. So, yeah. So, I, I would have to answer this question properly. I would have to tell the truth. Yes. And the host's mama. My, my my if name this is Brian. Is going to be a thing, really? My name is Brian Espinosa. You've been listening to Life Is Like a Game Show, a production of the W Two M Net. You have been listening to The Price Is Right, the longest running television game show in history. A deep dive. Thank you for listening. Good yeah. night. And also. If you go back and listen to the audio version. God damn it, did you just fuck up my bro? Yes. That was voted by this very podcast as the greatest game show of all time. And this is exactly why sometimes you can't just have your executive producer spayed and neutered. Sometimes you just need to have the hosts spayed and neutered. You indeed have been listening to Life is Like a Game Show, a production of the W2M Network online at w2mnet.com. Find us on all of your different podcast mediums. For Jonathan Nielsen, for Ryan Espinosa. Also, check out the show's Twitter. Yes, we're on. You would know. Yes. Go ahead, online at w2mnet.com, twitch.tv slash w2mnet. At W2M Network on Twitter, W2M Network on Facebook, W2M Network Discord. We've got it up and going. We're going to be filling things out more. So we're going to have that. And as we one final thing, at W2M Lilags, L-I-L-A-G-S. Personal show Twitter. We've got it going. We're going to be more active on that as well. But with all of that, reminding you one last time throughout YouTube and all of the different media podcasts up and what have you, life really is like a game, like show. A game show. See you next week. Goodbye, everybody.